Hi everyone, I'm James Chow with this week's podcast. I've been working in AIDS for most of my career. It started off, and a lot of people ask me how I got into health. Um, through Hong Kong, where I was working at the time, strangely, not through AIDS directly, but through SARS, the virus and the pandemic which swept Hong Kong and then spilled over the borders into other countries, really putting fear into people's hearts and minds in the same way that AIDS did when it first came into the public conscience back in the early 1980s. It was in June 1981. Uh, that uh, the first cases were identified both in New York and on the opposite coast of the United States in San Francisco. And from there sprang not just a disease, but a huge civil response to demand health care from governments and really people who were dying demanding to live and if they were dying, to die with a measure of dignity that was absent at the time. And if we look back in the history books, the political leaders of the time, especially in America, Ronald Reagan stayed silent for years. And who knows how many people would have lived and how many more generations would have lived had he spoken out and had other political leaders spoken out together with him. That fear and shame of AIDS, I always believe, is still the strongest barrier to people seeking testing, seeking access to healthcare, seeking, uh, you know, the access to the very tools that will keep them alive. And AIDS isn't just, of course, about health, but about gender, sexual violence, law enforcement, people who inject drugs, men who have sex with men, and so on and so forth. There are just so many groups of people it, it touches that it always reminds us that it's not just about us. People don't think that AIDS touches them, but it's touched them already, even if they don't already know it. Which is why last year, when I went back to New York for the first time in a few years for the high-level meeting on AIDS, it was an enormous privilege to meet there for the first time with Ndaba Mandela. He's the co-founder of Africa Rising, a movement to empower youth in the African continent. And he is also, of course, the grandson of Nelson Mandela, perhaps one of the greatest human faces of the AIDS epidemic. He uh, not only stood up and spoke, but he did especially after his son, Ndaba's father and his daughter-in-law, Ndaba's mother, uh, both died of an AIDS-related illness. So meeting Ndaba felt a bit in the beginning like meeting a piece of walking history, a legacy of not only of his grandfather, but his own mum and dad. But also, as you get to know him little by little, it's just a privilege just knowing someone who's so full of emotion, but also full of conviction that the tragedies of the past, losing so many people to this virus should not happen again, and it need not happen again. So we sat down and he graciously agreed to do this podcast on a subsequent meeting when we were both in Switzerland. And here's what we talked about then. 
Ndaba Mandela, your life story runs parallel to the history of AIDS. Your grandfather was, of course, a champion activist, but it was your mother and father who both died of an AIDS-related illness. Did you know at the time that they were sick, and when did you realize that they were dying? I didn't realize at the time. Actually, my mother was uh, very sick, and she passed away first. And, um, you know, I had asked her what happened, and she couldn't really explain to me. So. Um, she was living in Soweto at the time because my parents had split. Um, and so we took her to a private doctor in, um, in Johannesburg. Uh, and then, you know, after they examined her, he told me, he asked me, actually, uh, did you know that your mother was HIV positive? And I said, no. And, you know, to be honest with you, I was very angry. Um, and I remember just being very emotional at the time. So even your mother, as a Mandela, in a private hospital. There was not much they could do for her at the time. This was the late 1990s, the early 2000s. Yeah, 2003, my mother passed away. That picture, what was it like then? Because it wasn't that long ago. Yeah, I mean, at that time, um, of course, um, Becky was still, you know, questioning the relationship between HIV AIDS and talking about the treatment and how much uh, poverty. So, you know, the antiretrovirals and the medicine that you know people have access to today was not readily available. Let's talk about your life more widely. Your grandfather Nelson Mandela, you described him as one of history's greatest teachers. As one of his personal students, what did you learn from him? You know the one thing I'll take away from my grandfather is his love and respect for humanity. You know the fact that no matter how young, rich, old, or poor you are, no matter what stratosphere of the society you come from, we each have the potential to achieve greatness. That is the key message to Madiba. And you know, that is a gentleman who can go and sit in a village with his Kwasa uh, people and can go to Monaco and sit there with kings and queens and will still give the same respect that he gave in a village, in a remote place that you cannot point out on a map. You know, humility is the one thing that my grandfather took that has really enabled me to be able to move and do the work that we do in our foundation. And a lot of people, you know, may take it for granted, but when you see the people and you meet the people and you address some of these issues, it's, it, it goes a long way. We're coming up to Nelson Mandela Day, but we're also coming up to the 100th anniversary of his birth. What do you think you want that calendar to achieve in those 12 months? How do we inspire and make sure that the world does not forget Nelson Mandela? We focus primarily on the youth. And it is the youth that you know, are at risk of forgetting about Nelson Mandela. And we need to make sure that we work very hard to make sure they understand who Nelson Mandela is. And one of my goals after, after 2018 is to actually build a Nelson Mandela Children's Museum, you know, where young people can interact and touch Nelson Mandela as if he was their own grandfather.